If you have a Bible with you, I invite you to open it up to Romans chapter 5. I'd like to read a passage from that. Romans chapter 5. The Apostle Paul talking about our salvation, the salvation that's available through Jesus and uh, what he did that we remember this morning. Romans chapter 5, and I'll be reading the first 11 verses. And uh, I'd like you to stand. Let's stand as we hear from the Word of God. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. may be seated. Many of us have experienced the salvation that Jesus provided through his death on the cross and his resurrection. And uh, hopefully every time you come to the Lord's table, you remember um, how he brought you to salvation. Perhaps to help you do that today, uh, Mike Jankowski and Brenda are going to come. And as a couple, they're going to share uh, their testimony of how uh, Christ brought them to salvation individually and how that impacted their lives and how it impacted their marriage. Um, I think God will use this to bless us, but also to help us remember our uh, salvation and how God brought that to us. So, Mike and Brenda, come on. Good morning and Happy New Year. Uh, Thanksgiving time, I uh, at um, taking the offering there. I had the pleasure of holding my grandson with my husband standing next to me 20 years ago. That was not even on my radar. Uh, 
And this morning I got up early to uh, to write out my testimony because I don't want to just ramble. But I opened my Bible app this morning and the uh, scripture reading was 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And uh, reliving the past really brings up old memories and old uh, old emotions. But the old is gone. Um, so Mike and I met on January 27th in 1991, and we were married six months later, July 27th of 1991. And we were happy for a little while, about five months, when, when I realized that Mike likes to drink on weekends. Um, I had just helped my sister through a nasty, horrible divorce because of alcohol. Um, didn't have good results on that. No one ever wins in a divorce. And I didn't want that for my family or myself, but now I here I am with alcohol in my life. Um, however, we carried on, carried on with our lives. Our daughter Elizabeth was born in 1992 and our son Jacob in 1994. Um, things were going okay. Then Mike got a new position at the college and... Um, he was now working straight days instead of straight afternoons, so now drinking became a daily habit. And then in 1996, my brother-in-law passed away at the age of 40, and Mike and I decided we needed to be connected to a church somewhere. Um, we chose to come here because I refused to go to the Catholic church, and we weren't plugged in. I had no church relations anywhere else, so we came to the Free Church. Mike had called a few times, but we came. Um, and then Mike came for us to church for a few times with us. Um, I worked on weekends, so it was kind of a hit or miss, but we came. But as the years went on, Mike's drinking increased, and he became more um, verbally abusive and physically abusive, and I was beginning to feel trapped. Um, this wasn't the man that I had married. Uh, and I became very angry and bitter and my heart was hard, um, and it was taking over my life because I wasn't just, it wasn't just him. I, I couldn't even speak nicely about him to my children, which isn't nice to do. I'm so, I was bad-mouthing him to my kids. It took over my job. Um, waiting on customers was very hard. So one day a gentleman asked me, he goes, don't you ever smile. It's like, that hit me like a brick because... No, I didn't smile. I never smiled. I wasn't happy. I hated my marriage. I loved my children, but I did not like being a wife. And I was more lonely being married than I ever was single. And I had horrible wishes for what... I don't know if I can go through this while crying, but... I had horrible wishes and dreams of things that could happen to Mike on his way home from work, so I didn't have to deal with it anymore. But... Liz and I were still coming to church here and there. Jake came sometimes, too, but Mike often had other things that were more fun to do on weekends, so Jake would usually go fishing or wherever. And then in the fall of 2000, Sharpa Glisa offered a women's Bible study, Lord Heal My Hurts. It's just what I needed because I was a victim and I was hurt, and, um, and I took up a lot of study time crying. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, but by January, my attitude about being the victim was starting to change. And by spring, um, the study was covering how Jesus 
had chose to go to the cross for us. Um, he knew everything that was going to happen to him, yet he chose to go to the cross for us. And um, then it was Good Friday. Good Friday, April 13th, Friday the 13th of 2001. I was here by myself in the back pew. We had pews then. I often came to church by myself, but I was here by myself. And we were singing, Worthy is the Lamb. And instantly, um, it all connected. The Old Testament, the New Testament, Jesus was the Lamb of God. Um, it all just worked together. And he died for my sins. So even though, yeah, I was a victim, I was in a bad relationship, but it no way excused the way I was feeling and the hardness that had become over in me. And in the back row there, I um, asked for forgiveness for how I was and my emotions and my actions. And I prayed for Jesus to come into my life. And instantly, that weight and that heavy burden lifted. It was gone. However, my marriage wasn't cured that quickly. And then Carol gave me a book, um, The Power of a Praying Wife. And... um, I have to say, it took me many years to get past the first page. Um, that book uh, did a lot of walking in my bedroom. <laughs> it's like, I, uh, I wasn't to that point yet to pray for my husband, and um, that, that took a lot of healing. Mike was still drinking, and it, um, it did get there. And just praying there, my, my daughter Liz, having my becoming a Christian in April of 2000. One, my mother passed away one year later. Had I not become a Christian, I would never have asked her where her faith was when she passed away just a year later. Our daughter Liz became a Christian that summer because we got started Bible camp in 2002. Jake gave his life to Christ. So there's the three of us, but I'll let Mike tell. And I've witnessed miracles. (laughs) Thank you, Brenda. Well, um, Brenda and I, um, we had a chance. We sat at the table and coffee and started to go back, you know, to those painful years. And, um, yeah, it was very painful for me because uh, I was that monster. And, uh, and I knew Brenda was going to kind of share this this morning. And I kind of thought, oh, my goodness, is she going to tell everyone this? Uh, you know, what's she going to say? You know, and I thought to myself, just, Mike, suck in your gut and shut up, you know. And, the, and that's what I did. So. And um, I don't know. I think back about alcoholism and it was in my family. And how young was I? How long ago? I don't really have the answer how long ago I started drinking, but I know I was very young, you know. I'm kids on the rock age. I'm I, a leader in kids on the rock, and I was around their age when I started experiencing that. But I'm not going to go over all those stories and stuff, but um, I'm going to jump ahead right to uh, where the ending times, the, the end for my drinking and, uh, and how that happened. And, my only wish is I, when, I, when we share this is all of you out there, I really ask for your help and I humbly ask for your help to spread 
<coughs> what we're about to share is to, to, to spread it. Spread the news. Tell people. Get out there. Um, how many of us actually, we have to ask ourselves, go out there and we're in the stores and we're in the community. How many of us actually talk about Jesus and, his, and the power he has and the strength? And we live in a world where Satan is alive and well, and alcoholism is uh, alcoholism. Alcohol is, I think, is one of his alcohol and drugs is one of his favorite tools, and it works really well. It's powerful. And uh, but anyhow, um, yeah. When I, Brenda and I first got married, I lied to her about my drinking. I told her I, I, I wasn't a drinker, and. Um, like Brenda said, when we first got married, things were going smoothly for a while. I was uh, trying to maintain and control this drinking, you know, and it was working for a while, for about four or five months, and then it started to get, I started to, the habit started to get worse and worse and worse. And, and uh, even before we were married, I had brief times. I was, I was in treatment centers. I went to treatment for drinking, and I attended a lot of years of AA, and, and, uh, and uh, often I was brief periods of sobriety, but always went back for some reason or another. Something happened, you know, and uh, that I didn't have that strength to face up to it, so I went back to the drinking. And, but anyhow, um, when uh, everything came to a head, uh, our marriage was starting to really fall apart, and and uh, I uh, just got. Out of, I remember. I remember it was just a. a uh, Thursday afternoon, and uh, I got out of the courthouse and I lost visitation to my oldest daughter. Because of my drinking. And um, so I decided the best way to deal with that is I went over to my brother's place and me and him sat in our garage and I cried on his shoulders and we drank together. And boy, I was really, I was really, really drunk when I came home. And, uh, and when I got in that condition, Brenda would just take the kids and go to the bedroom, you know. And that used to make me mad because uh, I was always wondering what she was telling the kids and stuff, and if she was bad-mouthing me or not, you know. So that one April 30th evening, 2004, I came home that particular night really wasted, you know, because I drowning my sorrows over losing my visitation with my daughter, my oldest daughter. She was just a young girl then. And uh, so and I came in and the house wasn't clean. Now, something wasn't right, you know, because alcoholics are perfectionists, you know. But, but the only trouble is an alcoholic, they're perfectionists, but not necessarily for themselves, but they have those expectations of, their, of everyone else and they love, you know. But um, I came home and something wasn't just right, and I kind of laid into Brenda and the kids, and the kids were just little, you know. I age my grand, yeah. And uh, so she takes the kids and goes to our bedroom, and uh, I was upset, and I decided I was going to go eavesdrop on the outside the bedroom window and uh, and uh, find out, uh, find out what, listen to what she was telling the kids, you know. And uh, they were praying for me. Brenda was praying for, for, with the kids for me, and I didn't really know God then. And, or know much about Jesus, and I just looked up to the sky and I said, "Oh, if there is a God, if there is a God, could you please help me?" I know, I know, knew, I knew I couldn't go on this like this no more. So, anyhow, um, 
April 30th in 2004 was the last time I ever took a drink. And uh, it was a hard road because uh, um, I stopped drinking and started going to AA. And I was going to AA all the time, you know, because in the evenings when I get home from work, my mind was my mind was racing, and uh, I was white knuckling it. The, the craving was so horrible, and uh, and I just kept day after day going to meetings and coming home, and I started getting really ornery because you're not feeling well because you're. You're craving that. That craving is just eating you up inside. And many times I was sitting there, I almost had to go walk to a car. It was like crazy. You know, I walked to a car. I was like, go, go buy, a, buy an 18 pack from town. And, and, uh, then, and then I'd say, no, I'm not. And back and forth that whole evening like that, you know, sometimes I almost, almost blew it and went and, got, went and got drunk, you know. But for some reason I hung on because I made that choice that I'd rather die than drink again. And, uh, I don't want to hurt my family no more. So it continued on, and and uh, and uh, it was about four or five months after I, that happened, we finally, I finally came in to see my Pastor Marlin and wanted to know more about this God thing because I, I knew I wasn't going to last. And we talked, and he made a few suggestions to do it. That very day, I. I was really ready. I was really ready. I surrendered to the Lord. And uh, I, I humbly asked him. I went out to my favorite spot on, on our property, and I spent some time there just talking to him and, and uh, wanting to know him. And, uh, and, you know, I had no idea what, what, what he was, but I was just begging him to help me, and I told him how sorry I was for everything. everything I've done and, and, I, and I asked him to come into my life and um, from my experience um, there was no great miracle that day that I noticed but there was but um, things started to happen slowly um, it's just like uh, everything was thrown in front of me to, for, to make things easier. I mean, I started attending Bible studies, and, and families had Bible studies in their homes. And I started attending them. And by the way, I'm terribly sorry. I was a terrible rabbit tracker. I mean, I, I interrupted so many Bible studies, and uh, you know, and uh, and uh, calling Pastor Mara then on the phone and threatening I'm not going to come to church anymore, and you know, and. and uh, just you know all the crazy things. I, I was kind of a I, was, I wasn't a very nice person when I first started coming to church. I, I think I I messed up a lot of Bible studies, but it was all part of my recovery and and uh, you know the power and strength of Jesus uh, changed our lives. And I don't crave I don't crave alcohol no more. It that took time. It took about five years before I finally realized that you know. The heal, it, it's, it's a hit. I was healing, you know. You could feel it. I could absolutely feel it. And it, but it, was, it came slow. And I don't think I'd want it to come fast, you know. I, I had to go through that experience again, you know. I mean, I had many close calls, but, uh, you know, and the message I want you uh, to carry is, you know, I think when this, my situation is a little bit harder, but if someone had 
Jesus in their life. If you can get people to, you know, whoever you struggle with. I know alcoholism is out there. I know it's out in our community. I know it's in our homes. And I know it's in our church. And it's, it's there. And, uh, you know, people worry about COVID. COVID and uh, alcoholism has killed a lot more people than COVID. And, uh, and I had COVID and I have alcoholism. And I know, I know COVID was a, <laughs> COVID is a walk in the park compared to alcoholism. And, uh, but there is an answer. And then uh, everything, in the, all the problems, it's, it's Jesus, you know. And it's a terrible tool Satan uses, but it works. And, uh, but anyhow, uh, it's, since that time, uh, things started to get better in our marriage. And I remember the first summer, um, Brenda took me to Deeper Life Bible Camp. Oh boy, you know. <laughs> you know, I didn't know anyone there, you know, and uh, I think he got us lost on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I was going into a foreign land, and, a foreign land, and uh, and uh, when we was driving there, the closer I got to camp, and we got in the black up, the kids were all all excited about camp and stuff, and Brenda was excited about camp, and I, I was thinking in my head, just please shut up already, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, I went there, I was wobbly and nervous, and they found a few things for me to do. And, but th- that's all part of the growth, you know. And uh, even when I first started coming to this church on a regular basis, and, uh, and uh, that's all part of the growth. And uh, I'm, the, our journey and the growth is still going, you know. I mean, I don't think it ever ends and throughout our lives if we're, if we're fully, fully, truly devoted followers of Jesus and reading the Bible and stuff. Uh, there's always something new. And... Uh, but um, I think uh, God had a plan for Brenda and I in our marriage because Brenda um, gave her life to Christ first, and that's the way God wanted it. Because I was a little bit more bigger, a little more of a project, you know. And uh, for the time being, Brenda had to be the spiritual leader in our family um, because I was I was far weaker than she was, as and I had that issue. But. Um, it's just sad to hear stories and, you know, even stories of, uh, can bring it up, but even in our community, someone, beautiful young girl dies in a car accident due to alcoholism, you know, and, uh, I pray for that family dearly and stuff, but what I also pray for is the person that caused that to happen. I can't even begin to imagine what a tragedy that would be for both of them, you know, and, uh, and, it, you know, it's out there, not, you got as much around here, but you get in the inner cities and stuff, you know, drugs and alcohol. It's Satan's winning on that. He's, it's taken over. And, uh, but I could ramble on forever about it, but I need your help and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, that is the true answer. And people ask, if people ever ask me, well, should we go, I go to AA or, and I've asked that question too, should I go to AA or should I go to church? And my answer is do both. Grab on to everything you can to get for recovery. And, uh, but the answer is the Lord. Well, anyhow, Brenda and I have something I want to read to you for the new year. And, uh, I'll let Brenda read hers. For, oh, I'll read mine first, sure. then. Okay. It's funny, this morning when we got up, every single thing was jumping out at us for... Even the first two songs. It's like I, <laughs> I cried through the first two songs. It was just it's jumping like, out at us. You know, I'm surprised the coffee cup didn't hit me in the head. <laughs> Okay, this is a 24-hour-a-day book I keep by the bed there. I got it from AA, and um, I'm not going to edit it because it uses the word AA, and it, and, um, but I'm just going to read it as it is. When I came into AA, I was a 
desperate person. I was a desperate person. Did I have a soul sickness? Was I so sick of myself and my way of living that I couldn't stand looking, looking at myself in the mirror? Was I ready for AA? Was I ready to try anything that would help me get, get sober and to get over my soul sickness? Should I ever forget the condition I was in? And, um, the reason I share this is because in AA, they talk, God's mentioned many, many times there too, so. And then Mike wanted me to read from Jesus Calling today. Come to me with a teachable spirit, eager to be changed. A close walk with me is a life of continual newness. Do not cling to old ways as you step into the new year. Instead, seek my face with an open mind, knowing that your journey with me involves being transformed by the renewing of your mind. As you focus your thoughts on me, be aware that I am fully attentive to you. I see that I see you with a steady eye because my attention span is infinite. I know and understand you completely. My thoughts embrace you in everlasting, in everlasting love. I also know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Give yourself fully to this adventure of increasing attentiveness to my presence. And this Christmas, I, we were able to talk to our kids and, and explain to them, if it wasn't for God, we would not be where we are today. So we give thanks to God and what Jesus did for us. Yes, there's, no, there, there's nothing but this Christmas, there was nothing but laughter in our family. And God has totally transformed and repaired our marriage. Mm-hmm. through the power of Jesus Christ. So, and thank you for the time listening. And God bless you.